Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In 49 other states, football is just a game. But this is Wisconsin. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. Wisconsin fans demand the best, the best analysis, the best interviews, the best coverage, and no one delivers like the Bill Michaels Huddle. Welcome, it's the Bill Michaels Huddle. We are broadcasting live. We are here uh, at Kelly's Bleachers on Blue Mountain Road out here in uh, just well, stone's throw away from Miller Park. As a matter of fact, it's usually baseball season when we're here, but nevertheless, we are hanging out here tonight. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle, and it's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. I'm Bill Michaels, uh, Chuck Freeman from 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, the fan here tonight as well. And uh, for a short period of time, gracing us with her new, uh, new married self, that is uh, Christina Tussaud from CBS 58. Here she is. She kept the Tussauds. Yeah, see, here's the thing. And uh, Did you change your last name? No. Don't tell him that, though. Okay. <laughs> oh, I wasn't sure if you did or not. I, yeah. So for those who don't know, and many don't, um, and Chuck Freeman here, by the way. How you doing, Chucker? I'm doing great. I just, you didn't change your last name yet? No. I mean, I'm a nice Italian girl. It's Christina Giovanna Tuso. Okay. Wow. And oh, I yeah. feel like, doesn't that have a that's nice... That's an eye chart. Doesn't have a nice, like, ring yeah. to it? That's, that's, a, that's a mob hit right there waiting <laughs> to happen. So... He, so her husband mm-hmm. is from Ireland. That's right. Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Which you have to say. It's it's different. It, it is different. You, you have that. to say Northern Ireland. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, you end up with some kind of a horse head with a soccer ball on your bed. <laughs> and uh, so her husband coaches my stepson's soccer team. So I had found out that he was not going to be at one of the games. So I'm sitting, oddly enough, doing uh, a huddle with Kevin Holden. And... Your husband had got a hold of Kevin to say, hey, I want to do this, but when can I do this? So Kevin had to schedule you off. That's right. And I missed the Packers game. Correct. It was a Monday game. Correct. Yeah. So Kevin had to schedule you off, and he told me what was going on. And then Mark said no because the weather got craptastic. He said, well, we can't do that because yeah. you guys are going to do the boat thing in Chicago. Exactly. And you couldn't do that. So, And then it had to go ass backwards because you got to get married first. Because, because your husband is coming, part. you're coming, coming, coming yeah, into the, we're, into the we're country. not very traditional. So no, so this is just a giant cluster. But nevertheless, um, it was it worked out, and, and you're married, and life is good. So is it going to get like less weird calling him my husband? Was it weird to say my wife? Um, yeah, I just kind of look at you differently. You got this glow about you now. Do I really? Yes. Yes. I think it's my new. I think it's my foundation. Oh, like I paid a lot of money to say that. We'll circle back and see if you're still in a good mood all the time. 
There uh, we go. Pull that closer to your mouth there, Chuck. There we have it. That's better. So Chuck and I, the blonde, the blonde bombers. The here. blonde yeah. bombers, yes. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes. No, I'm an old, I'm a Rockies fan, so it reminds me of the Blake Street bombers, you know? So, uh, well, all that being said, that's kind of the, the, the way everything came about. And, uh, and I just felt good because I, when I saw Mark, I think it was the next week or the next couple of days. I can't remember. And I, I just looked at him. I said, so? He didn't come over and go, hey, it worked <laughs> out or nothing. And he was just kind of walking around, you know. I'm like, did she say yes or what? You got to go back? You of know? course she did. So, he had me metal detected. He did one of those. He did one of those. Yeah. Yeah, 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 sure. It happened. Yes, in his, in his, in his, you know, very Irish brogue. Oh gosh. Yeah, yes. yeah. I'm stuck with yes, the, I'm stuck with the wee last. Did yeah. it sound like? How that? is it when you talk, uh, <laughs> when you talk Northern Ireland and uh, mob hit Italian? Oh well, it's Catholic Protestant. Like, oh, that's a conversation oh, for another holy, day. Holy. But at least there's a lot of <laughs> drinking in there, though. Oh yeah. You know, wine, ca- whiskey. Yes. So bring uh, the bar out. Yeah, you're you're good to go. So okay, there you have it. So now that we got our game ready, uh, I'm leaving. What's that? The time to leave already? It's not about oh. time to leave. <laughs> okay. So we've got uh, we've got Packers, we've got 49ers uh, coming up on Sunday night football. A terrific game that they flexed, and obviously uh, the biggest game of the season for these two, and uh, for these two teams, and well for NBC for that matter. I mean they flexed a game in which they're going to get uh, prime time, and they've been excited about this. It was funny. I was watching. Did you watch Monday night or uh, Sunday night football last week by any chance? Billy watched every snap of every I, game I, that's ever been played. I, I, that's what I thought. <laughs> Did you see how fired up Tarico and Collinsworth and Al Michaels were to get to this week? It's like last week they didn't even care, mm-hmm. and and they had a really good game. Yes, they did. They had the crazy game last they, week the, with the Bears. Two teams that didn't yeah. want to score the and, football. Yeah, it, it was like, you know, hey, you had a good game. You had the Rams and you had the Bears, two teams that were in the postseason last year, and it was just kind of a, yo, well, let's just get on to the next week. So very excited about this game. So, Christine, I'll start out with you because I know you have limited time with us. Um, if you had to pick a few things the Packers have to do to win this game, what would they be? Okay, so I think this game has been advertised, right, this marquee matchup. And what it comes down to is a top-ranked defense against this Aaron Rodgers offense. But the fact of the matter is, this Aaron Rodgers offense hasn't really done a whole lot this season. I mean, they don't rank in the top five of anything in the NFL right now. So I think that this game is going to be a pivotal moment in their season. This is when the offense shines. This is when they come out and make a statement. We have this tight end group that's finally healthy, all three of them for the first time this season. I think Lazard's going to be a little bit of of a sleeper and and contribution, but so many personnel groups um, that Matt LaFleur can throw at you, I think they give the kitchen sink to this defense, and and that's where I think the Packers win this game. Well, I think the Packers are going to come out, and there's a few weaknesses that San Francisco has that I think they're an exploit. First of all, I think the Niners are weak on the defensive line because of injuries. I think Richard Sherman has taken a couple of steps backwards as far as defensive back. I think if he's on Devontae... I was going to say, does he go solely on Devontae Adams? It could be, depending. If he can't handle Devontae... I, you know, again, Sherman get, is getting by these days on smarts. He's one of the smartest defensive backs ever. He's lost some physical skills. He's going to really... And, and that's how he's getting by. A lot of pass interference calls on him this year. Uh... Their running game, the Niner running game, I think is a little broke. It is. Um, well, without been, Brita, they're they're in trouble. They, you know, they have the second-ranked running uh, game in the National Football League. Last couple games, watching them, they can't run the football. So that leaves you, Jimmy Garoppolo. Last uh, Monday night, yes, he looked great against uh, a week ago Monday. He looked great against Seattle. Right, until the terrible, end. Ter- took, took, looked terrible against Seattle. He looked, he looked good looked against great. Seattle till the end. Yes, looked re- looked great. I thought this past week when he was forced to. Pass the football, pass forward 400 yards this past week in the comeback win of Arizona. 
Now, if you watch these last two games that San Francisco played, this one and the Seattle game, you look and think, man, how is San Francisco 9-1? and one? Right. I mean, how are they not? They lost one game at home, and then they were down 60 to nothing. Arizona. Needed a late rally to win that game. So I'm not impressed with San Francisco. I think the Packers can go in there and win that game by double digits. Uh, I, I hope you're right. Um, I have stuck with the better defense can come out on top most of the time. I picked, uh, well, in the picks that I do for Bart, mm-hmm. I picked the 49ers to win for two reasons. One is, on paper, the 49ers offense has been better and the 49ers defense has been better. But also, every game I've picked the Packers to win, they've lost, and the games i picked them to lose, they've won. So that's I'm going to stick with that tradition, and I'm going to pick them to lose this ballgame. But on paper, it's a top-ranked defense. You talked to Christina about this not being a top-five offense. But when Devontae Adams came back and seen the offense change, when they were in Kansas City and spreading the ball around, and Aaron Jones ends up with 250 all-purpose yards and 20 touches, and you're throwing the ball to Geronimo Allison and Jimmy Graham, and Jimmy Graham's now down the middle for 40 yards and doing when you spread the ball around, it seems like this is what it's supposed to be. What it even was supposed to be with Mike McCarthy, but they never got to that point. It seems like Matt LaFleur has something uh, further ahead after every play, as opposed to throw to Devontae, scramble, scramble, throw to Devontae, try to get it to Devontae, and then they immediately come back, force 11 throws to him. It just didn't work uh, as well as they thought it would. Then this last game, they got it to him 10 times, and he produced. So do you continue to go to Devontae? Or do you say, you know what, we need to reincorporate Aaron Jones, who is one of our most lethal weapons and has, oh, by the way, the longest play from scrimmage this season because he's that fast and that quick. Do you go back to spreading the ball around? Oh, I think I, you have to against this defense. I think you have to. But just look at what the Packers have done this season. When you look at a guy, um, we, we talked about Lazard. He's been targeted more than any Packers receiver in the last five games. Um, I think it's over 220 yards, I think it is. He's become a favorite quick. He really yeah. has. I mean, you just look at the wide receiver room. You don't need to go to Devontae Adams. Not to mention the fact that when Adams was out, they were 3-0 and without him. Isn't that, isn't that right? Correct. 4-0. 4-0. 4-0. 4-0. 4-0. Yeah. So I think that Adams is a crucial asset. I think that he is a big playmaker, but you don't have to be pigeonholed into going to him all the time. And then when you look at the red zone, Jamal Williams has more touchdowns than any Packers receiver. Right. So you and really they're, they're one of the best teams in the red zone, yeah. offensively speaking. If they get there, usually they put it in the end zone. Right. Kumaro, Lazard, MVS. I mean, even Jay Stern. Danny Vitale has, has been a guy to move the sticks. Exactly. So I, I don't think that you, you have to go to your, your Devontae Adams all the time. Anymore. I love how much the Packers throw to the running backs with both Jamal and Aaron Jones. How come those running backs weren't used – under the previous regime, Mike McCarthy. Well, who knows? And maybe that LaFleur is doing that out of necessity because he looks at his number two guy. And, you know, Lazard, is, as Christina was mentioning, Lazard's getting a lot of touches and all that. But there's, you know, nobody really has stepped up in that two spot next to Devante. And the running backs of the backfield are making plays, man. You know, Aaron Jones, you know, at one point leading the league in, in touchdowns, the 14 touchdowns. I thought, you know, he's been fantastic. But when you can catch, you could bring him out of the backfield or Williams and run those guys like receivers downfield, that makes it tough on the linebackers and the free safety on the other team. It it stops the rush. Yes. If you can get rid of the ball quick, it stops the rush because then they have to start fading back and it keeps Aaron Rodgers clean. I think uh, if I had to circle a couple things, you, the speed rush has always given Brian Balaga a problem, but he has gotten or has been terrific this season for the most part. I'm going to watch Bakhtiari and Balaga, but I'm going to watch Billy Turner. Elton Jenkins and Corey Lindsley, the combination, has not given up a sack all season. Mm-hmm. 
They're going to bring it through that other gap on the opposite side with Billy Turner, who's a 60-40 guy. 60% of the time he's a mauler and he's going to take it to the ground. 40% of the time you're holding your breath. Mm -hmm. and, and he's not necessarily giving up the sack, but he's going to give up a pressure where somebody's coming through. Kind of like the weak link on that line. Yeah, if you had to talk about the weak link on the offensive line, he is what we thought he was coming into this situation. So that's where they're probably going to bring their strongest rush. Uh, but you're going to flip-flop Bosa, I would assume, throughout this entire game and try to bring him from both sides to see if he can't disrupt what Aaron Rodgers got going, especially if they get into a rhythm. You know, I, I, I'm going to hijack your show for a second. No, go ahead. Is this a game where Danny Vitale can have a breakout, a breakout performance? I think he, be, he can become somebody that they suddenly have to watch. I think so, too. Yeah. I really do. I think he's been knocking at the door of, of that breakout performance, and I kind of feel like this might be it. He's another guy who can catch the ball on the backfield. Yeah. Not only uh, on swing passes, but over the shoulder, too. I mean, all three of those guys out of the backfield. But if you want to see a guy have a breakout game, if I had to pick out two, two or three guys, I would say one's going to be Kumro. Mm -hmm. Kumro's been a guy. We know about Alan Lazard. We know that uh, Geronimo Allison doesn't have a drop in the last couple of games. He's actually been more shorthand, but he doesn't have the yards to back it up. But Kumaro is a guy that just, for whatever reason, floats free, runs a good route. Lazard's the same way. But between Kumaro and Danny Vitale, mm -hmm. one of those two guys is going to come up with a big play in this ballgame. I feel like Geronimo by Allison, we've seen a big enough sample size, guys, of Geronimo that Geronimo is just never going to be the player we thought or hoped he was going to be. I really thought he would break out this I year, did too. too. I, thought, I really this did. Was, uh, his, this was his opportunity. They, you know, they decided not to re-sign Randall Cobb. Okay, so now you've got this guy, and he had an opportunity to step up, and he just never has. MVS, he is what he is, a guy who can go downfield 40 yards and you throw him a ball, and he's going to outrun somebody. Other than that, to run a pattern, MVS is bankrupt in that area. But do you need him to be that when you've got Devontae, when you've got Jimmy Graham, when you've got Aaron Jones out of the backfield? In essence, you have three other receivers. It just depends on how you want to use them. Yeah, I think, you know, I, the old Niners used to use the running back out of the backfield. With those, with those, the Roger Craig's of the world, and you still had John Taylor and um, Jerry Rice. No, I'm going back a ways there. I, I know you guys. They ended up this. beating the Bengals, by the way, in, yes, that, in that Super Bowl. But you know they had a lot of weapons. Tim Crumry had a broken leg that was flailing behind him from the University of Wisconsin. From Mondovi, who's yes. in the listening area up in Eau Claire. Yes. Um, was I born then? No, no. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's what you got to deal with. Glad, glad you're told, only here an hour. Us, us old guys, you know. Um, we were probably in college at the time, Bill and I. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, the Packers have – I think you need still that number two wide receiver. You still need that two guy, and that number two guy has yet to step up, but I think we've got a big enough sample size of the season where it's, it is what it is. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. We are broadcasting live. We are at Kelly's Bleachers on Blue Mountain Road, and a nice crowd in here tonight. All the sides are open, as a matter of fact. they got some shuttles running this evening as well. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light coming up right after this. We are broadcasting live. We're here at Kelly's Bleachers. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle. Blue Mountain Road, that's where you can find us. That's one of the best guys uh, in, uh, in Wisconsin right there. When you talk about sports, uh, our buddy Wojo from the Admirals. The Admirals have won eight straight. I got a, an email the other night that said, tell me the, the uh, professional sports team in Wisconsin that's going to win a championship first. Mm -hmm. And I, the woman was from, uh, like, up somewhere near Viroqua. And I said, the Admirals. And she went, What? I said, the Admirals, they're professional. They're minor league, but they're professional. They're, they're gonna be, the, the Admirals are going to win a championship first. I really believe that. They are streaking right now. They've won eight in a row. They're a really good team. Love that. Uh, Nashville is uh, really glad to have them. They pump a lot of money into, mm -hmm. that, into that minor league system. 
And uh, he stopped by, gave me some tickets. But uh, so Saturday night, uh, I was telling you, it's the, once you get to the 13s and 14s and 15-year-olds, the big parties are over. It's just about kind of a couple of friends doing something, you know. So this is Easton's last big birthday party at 12. So we got a limo, and there's 10 boys. And uh, I told Wojo, I said, I need some good seats, whatever it costs, just let me know. So he put them between the benches oh, at the penalty box. They love this. So you so get to go both twice. sides of the Oh, yeah, I'm hoping we get pucks in the face and everything. You I, I still see Ron. I want to come in with no teeth. I mean, I'll <laughs> see, I'm going to the Bucks game tonight, and you know who I'll see? I'll see Mr. Admiral Phil Whitliff. He's like at Phil's every, there, yeah. He's at every Bucks game. What if he, ask him if he still works out. Because I used to see oh, him he's every in morning at the I mean, look yeah. at him. He's in great shape. I used to see him all the time over at the WAC. He'd always yeah. be on the treadmill. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what are you eating? It's in a cup of air. I know. The guy's about that big. He takes his shirt off. <laughs> he looks like hockey, he's a hockey player. He's yeah. a tough hockey player. Well, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, sitting here talking about the Packers and the 49ers upcoming uh, this weekend, this Sunday night. Sunday night football, as a matter of fact. That's when they get underway out in San Fran at Levi Stadium uh, in Santa Clara, to be exact. So we were sitting here talking about what it takes for the Packers to get a win. What is it going to take for San Francisco to beat a, a, a really good, in my opinion, a really good Packers team? Well, if they fix the running game, the Packer running game is not uh, – the run defense is, is not very good. Um, and you know, we saw them make the goal line staff uh, stand against McCaffrey in the last game, which seems that – that Carolina game seems like it's months ago. But it was you know two weeks ago, and they made a stand there. It was great, but their run defense has not been very good. If somehow San Francisco – is able to run the football and get chunks of yardage and take pressure off Garoppolo having to make play after play after play with his arms, then it could be a long day for the Packers. So I, I got to stop you here for a second. So I was talking about the game tomorrow or uh, Saturday night for Wojo and a gang, yeah. and I said I got the, the limo. I, I forgot to mention one of our sponsors, which is Signature Limo. Pat is driving around. I guess he's driving a limo tonight. I don't know what he is doing. But he said, hey, by the way, you got a signature limo. You may want to throw that in there. Demand so, the show. I, I, it is. It's, it, go to booksignature.com. They're great people. And Pat and Brooke, uh, husband and wife crew, they get it done, and they're, they're fantastic. But I, I always call him up, and I go, hey. And he's like, oh, you finally going to take your wife out in the limo? No, no we no, got no. the kids. And he's like, <laughs> man. Man, you spoil your kids with and, the limo. I was going to say, this, this is like a clutch 13-year-old Yeah, well, it's yeah. otherwise you got to get parents wrangled up to get kids to meet us down at the restaurant and then oh. try to get them all to pick them back Schlep up. Schlep them all to your house. You know, dump so them this off. way you pull up in the driveway. The limo takes them downtown. The kids freak out. They have a great time. We go get pizzas at San Giorgio, which, Chuck, you've been there before. We've gone down oh, there yeah. face first before, yes. like we're going to the electric chair that night. Then you yeah. walk over to the <laughs> arena, and then afterwards you go back, you get the limo, and then – you head back home, and then as you're driving and you see the parents' cars, you just open the door, and it's like parachutes. Just get out. Tuck and roll, kid. And then you're on your way, and I don't have to deal with it, and that way I can it's have It's about a, logistics. It's about beverages for me to put up with this crap. <laughs> That's what it's about, so I don't have to drive. I've seen Bill's life do a whole metamorphosis in the last three or four years, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a Your life was already busy. It was, it was it always up an uh, extra motorcycle notch. rides and games yeah. and sitting down. You and I having hot dogs and stuff at Miller Park on a weekend, and now I'm sitting at dance recitals. Right? I know. What happened to me? Like, you ever see Bill anymore? No. I lean over Is to that Sherry. Is a soccer Yeah, I said, hey. I see, I see Bill at soccer Yeah, I, Exactly. You know, yeah. I kind of lean over and I go, hey, do me a favor. I have to go to the bathroom. Can I have my testicles real quick? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of my life right now. <laughs> so anyway, um, but what I think is the, the Achilles heel of this team is if they cannot stop third down, pass over the middle, yeah. th it's going to be a long day. But the one thing that I can say is that if the Packers start out with a couple of, of series of scripted plays in which they score and they can get a stop, say they get up two scores, 
you force Garoppolo to look across the field. He's not facing Kyler Murray, a young rookie who's trying to be an upstart guy. He's facing a veteran, a savvy veteran, a, a Super Bowl winning veteran in Aaron Rodgers. If Garoppolo suddenly feels he has to go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, that's when you can get mistakes. He's Jay Cutler, man. He's going to give you two or three. It's just whether or not you catch him and capitalize it's on the him. accuracy. I, exactly. I really believe that. I believe that's the way you win this game. You get up early. You quiet the crowd, which, by the way, I think it's going to be 60% Packers fans. And they said what Levi I hear. has been insane this yes. season. Yes. So, correctly so. And it's going to be a lot of Packers fans there. I think it's going to be really, really wild. But I think, I really believe that if you get up a couple scores and force Garoppolo into some turnovers, this could, this could end up becoming a blowout very quickly. Are we talking Packers defense for a second? Because that's where I think that you can get you can get to the Packers, right? They've got these yeah. three things no, I agree with that. that have been the broken record that we've heard of all season long when it comes to the Packers defense. The first one is eliminating the explosive play. So if Garoppolo can put that together, this Packers defense is hand to mouth. That's how they let these teams back into games when you think they've got it won. So the explosive play is number one. I think that tackling has been a huge problem for them. Even preseason we were talking about Packers not being able to wrap up. Matt LaFleur wants this swarming mentality, eliminating space on these run plays. So that's another way I think you can get to Green Bay. The third is everything on the Packers' defense right now seems to be self-inflicted, right? Like yep. They have a terrible time staying ahead of the sticks. These negative yardage plays, the penalties, I, I think that's how you get to Green Bay. The explosive play to me is the one that kind of stands out, stands out the most. Yeah, I'm amazed how healthy this team has been this year. Because yeah. I think that they've been. Oh my God, they're really healthy. And it is, and they detailed that in the Journal Sentinel this morning. And I was talking to Ryan Wood, one of the Packer beat writers, and just, you know, when I hear the guys in the locker room talk about well chemistry and, you know, you see one guy doing it and the change of culture and taking care of themselves, it's like I don't know much of that I buy into really, Bill. But I think injuries is a strike of luck too. But I do know this. I feel like in the last five years, when there was a collision on the field between our guy and the opponent, no matter if our guy, our pa the Packer, was making a tackle, our guy would always be hurt. Their guy would pop up immediately, and somehow our guy is on the field. Pepper Burst has got to come out there, <laughs> and the training staff is out there, and they're carting the guy. Well, Pe Pepper's like tired. What does that say? There's no injury. Pepper's gone. I don't. Well, you know, is that coincidental? I don't know. Come on. Pepper's I, listening I right know. now. I don't know. Um, but it, it's amazing, though, how all those years, there was all these guys who were always, Packer players who were always hurt, sprinkled all over the field. That doesn't happen anymore. What do you think, though, and, and remember, we saw Zadarius Smith go down four times in one ballgame. Mm -hmm. Kept coming back. Went into the locker room. Came back out. And now you've got guys that are kind of limping, and it looks like they want to be hurt. And then they look, and there's Zadarius going, uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh. I think there's different leadership on this team that's saying we aren't hurt. We're going to go out and play no matter what. We're going to go out. Yeah, we're going to go out and get it done. The hamstring injuries aren't there anymore, though. No, that's been uh, knock on wood, for God's sakes. Watch them get all banged up this weekend. <laughs> it's our fault. Okay, so you talk about the injury, fighting through everything. You said that you're not really buying into this mentality thing, but you've been covering the Packers a lot longer than I have. You don't think Lambeau feels different this year with LaFleur at the helm? Uh, you know, as far as the buzz in the stadium? No, just the team atmosphere. Oh, no, like, no, no that definitely. Feels that definitely different. is. But I don't, I don't know, know if that has anything to do with the injuries. Though. I don't that's know if that's the floor or if it's just the veteran leaders they brought yeah. into that locker room. I just, you see, guys, it, it, right, we're, we're at that point in the season where the injury bug should be catching up with you. But I just feel like this team is willing to fight through it. The mentality in Green Bay feels far different than it did my prior two seasons to covering the Packers. The locker room feels different. Aaron Jones described it as it's a college team. This is what this, right. what mm -hmm. this feels like. The way that they celebrate, the way that they're battling through these injuries, this ball, th this just feels different. Now, do you, one do thing you is get the sense, though, that 
it's LaFleur yes. or it's the guys inside that locker room? I think it's a young, relatable coach, you know, that's that's progressive, and it just it just feels – I like the fact that LaFleur said, you know, nicks the celebrations and all the long, drawn-out stuff. Right, So right. let's knock it off. And then Zedarius came out and said, we can't, you know, we can't do it anymore. And LaFleur said, wait a minute. I never said don't be creative. He did. Let's just, you know, I still want you to do it. Knock back. And then they said, okay, they're back, you know. And right. it, was, it was like – it, it was like, a, you know, revisiting it all over again, and it was like a new shot of adrenaline to these guys to be able to say, okay, let's do something spectacular so we can, you know, row the boat or do whatever, take all the pictures we want to do. Well, when a team is 8-2, any team is 8-2, whether it's this team, team in Chicago or Minnesota, you're going to have good locker room chemistry. People are going to get along. People are going to be happy because you're winning football games. It's when you have – Is that a byproduct of the atmosphere, or is the atmosphere a byproduct of the winning? I think Gutekind's brought in the right guys. I think he went out and signed these guys to free agency, and the chemistry is just right. You know, I think the Brewers had good chemistry, and I think that led to some success. But ultimately, you've got to have guys who could play. And not only there's a good chemistry in this team, but I think the Packers have guys who could play. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, but there's one guy that took so much crap that I think now Packers fans have to say, you were right, I was wrong, I'm in. I'll tell you who it is when we come back. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels Huddle coming up right after this. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels. Welcome back. We are glad you are here. We are broadcasting live at uh, Kelly's Bleachers. We're here on Blue Mountain Road. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. And thanks to all of you listening all throughout the state of Wisconsin beyond the borders, also on the radio.com app. We certainly appreciate you hanging out with us. Packers getting ready to take on the 49ers this weekend out there at, uh, at the Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California, about an hour south, actually, of San Fran. Uh, the one thing uh, I've said all along, if you're going to win a championship, you've got to be good, you've got to be healthy, you've got to be hot, you've got to be lucky. Uh, the Packers have been healthy for the most part. They're a good football team. They've been somewhat hot, and now when you talk about luck, uh, Christina Tussaud from TV, CBS 58 joining us, so is Chuck Freeman from uh, 105.7 FM, the fan in Milwaukee. They're getting a little lucky because Brita, down, Kittle, down. The, you know, Robbie Gould down. Seven mm -hmm. starters. Seven starters down right now. They faced, and even though they did face uh, a Kansas City team without Patrick Mahomes, they also, Kansas City, beat the Vikings the very next week. So that, to me, was a very good win. But sometimes it's not who you play, it's when you play them. And I, I don't think if I'm a Packer, I don't apologize for that, right? No. No, not at all. Their kicking game, I think, is not very good. That's at Chase McLaughlin. If you put that guy in a situation where he's going to have a winning game, he's shaking his boots. We saw a bet he missed the... The field goal against Seattle. What kills you is he made the field goal to put it to overtime. Yeah, and then he and then the other one went in the ocean. He horse kicked it. Yeah, you know, like he was trying to kick somebody else, trying to you know uh, an old guy trying to milk a cow, but it turned out to be a donkey. It was a bad kick, man. It was just terrible. Yeah, he's not good, um, and he's holding the fort because Gold is hurt. Robbie um, Gold's got that quad injury yeah. right now. Yeah, but uh, Chase, they picked him up, uh, you know, off the scrap heap. He was just on the street basically, and you know, guys like that you want to succeed. It's not against the Green Bay Packers, but. You know, they got so many injuries on that defensive front. D. Ford got hurt. Uh, so, I mean, I think one of the things, a major part of what's holding San Francisco back is what has held Green back, back, back for so many years is because of injuries. Yeah. I, I want to go back to what you were initially saying about what you need to make the playoffs and where Correct. the Packers are at. They got really lucky with injuries. I've noticed kind of a, a subtle difference in this team 
this week heading for this game? Because the, the, the script that you're always fed is this is just another game. We're handling it. This is not another game. No. This is a this is a pivotal moment in their season. And you even heard Aaron Rodgers say when he when he talked just yesterday, you're kind of a moron if you're not looking at the implications of this game. He no. said that. You know, mm -hmm. this is a guy that doesn't believe in trap games. He doesn't believe in the sleep. Right. He doesn't believe in that kind of stuff. But even he is buying in to, to the magnitude of this matchup. And I think that's a little that's a little different from what we've we've seen of this I, team. In the I past. think when you look at it, if you win you automatically are the top dog in the NFC. You hold the tiebreaker, mm -hmm. uh, so therefore you can end up with home field advantage throughout, and I think they realize that if you lose this game, you're back tied for your division with the Vikings. You now fall three games behind the top spot because if you lose to them, they still only have one loss. You now have three. Mm -hmm. So to beat them, you have to beat the tiebreaker, which means you're three games behind them, not just two right. in the loss column. So I think they, they know what their place is that it's a big game. And traditionally, they have not been real successful going out of the West Coast and getting a win, especially in San Francisco. I think they got to get one of the top two seeds, guys. Uh, the NFC playoffs are going to be so tough. There's going to be a team out there with 11, maybe 12 wins that can have to, may have to go on the road for a first-round playoff game. Mm -hmm. Although you're going to have somebody from the NFC East with a bad record, maybe 9-7, and seven, get into the postseason because they're going to win the division title and, and you get an automatic berth for doing that. Okay, And so there might be a team or two that's left out that might be better than Dallas and Philly. So as it stands... You know, the Packers can get home field advantage, and I think that this game goes a long way in that. If they could get that, they get the tiebreaker over San Francisco, I want to get that home field advantage and a first-round bye in the playoffs. Is that possible, getting a one or two seed? I think the Packers are good enough to be a I, one or I, two seed. I think they can be a two seed. I don't know. I, I mean, I think they can be a one seed if they win this game. Oh, if yeah. they win this game, it checks all the boxes. Because I said at the beginning of the season, you had to win on the road against Dallas. You had to win against Kansas City. Those were going to be your two litmus tests. Right. And then, obviously, U.S. Bank Stadium. And then they made that opener against the Bears, and that, that was all the pressure. Right. Okay, that was the big game. And, and then they won that. And I'm like, okay, they're checking. They win this game. They've checked all the boxes short of beating Vikings on the road. I think, I think you're totally on spot with all of that. The Packers, is, the backstretch of this season is totally doable for Green Bay. Two teams left with winning records, but I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I think down go the 49ers from here on out. I they really do. They got a do. tough schedule. They, the, we're talking the Packers, the Ravens, the Saints. Um, this is like going to be They a, got Seattle again. A Seattle in again. In Seattle. I just, they're bruised, they're battered, their run game the last three three games has not been convincing. I just don't, I'm not sold on the 49ers. And this is the time in the season where you're almost going to have to reinvent yourself. And I just, I don't see it with Jimmy Garoppolo. No, I think San Francisco's going to lose a few games. Yeah. Not only this one Sunday, but with that schedule the way it is, one of the one of the toughest home stretches and in the NFL. Nine and one, they got there on the backs of some softer games. This is a gauntlet. Cincinnati, this, this final Cleveland, stretch. some of these games that uh, they they didn't find very competitive. To be perfectly no, honest. one of their best wins is that blowout victory against Carolina. I thought that was uh, you know that was a when they went game. down and beat the Rams. That, I thought that was a solid that win. That too. Mm -hmm. The Rams have turned out not to be the same contender they were last year, no. but I still think that was a solid win. No, and, and there's some questions about Jared Goff there, but. I think that the Niners are still a good team. I just don't look at them as a championship-level team like I do Green Bay. I think Green Bay is a championship-level team. That's why I think the Packers are going to win this game. They are at that level. I'm a little surprised they bounced back this quickly, though, after these two bad seasons. I'm going to wonder if, and I've said this all along, I think that Dak Prescott and company win the East. Mm -hmm. I think the South is won by Drew Brees and company. I think the West is going to be won by the Seattle Seahawks. And I think the NFC North is going to be won by the Packers. And what is the common denominator with all of them? 
all experienced quarterbacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All Now, Dak Prescott has not won a Super Bowl, but the other three have. Yep. And the guys that are going to fall by the wayside are Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. and also Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins never won more than ten games, never won in a postseason. I think one of those two teams is probably going to end up with a wild card, obviously. But that, that's where I think this is where you start to separate yourself. Until Garoppolo or until Kirk Cousins wins in the postseason, I can't trust either one of those two teams. I also feel like the Packers have kind of reached this point in their season two where it feels like everything has finally fallen into place, right? Like, we're, we're healthy. We know what the Smiths are capable of. This defense has shown us flashes of greatness. The story for the defense for me is they allow a ton of yards, but they're good in the red zone. I think that Aaron Rodgers finally has this full arsenal um, that he can really utilize. He doesn't have to go to Devontae Adams, we kind of talked about earlier in the show. Everything just seems like it's finally fitting, and I feel like the Packers are truly in that mid-season form where they need to be. The guy that took so much heat, go back to the beginning of the season, we're talking about the difference Matt LaFleur has made. The guy that took so much heat coming out of last year was Mark Murphy. How much do because I don't hear anybody clamoring for Mark Murphy, you know, now and any mm-hmm. negative thing to say about him because he made the right move in Gutekinds, who went out and put this team together. Therefore, they made the right move. Everybody believes in bringing in Matt LaFleur, who has kind of been the, the very solid rudder to this team. Do a lot of the people that were hating on Mark Murphy owe him an apology now? Well, nobody's talking to him uh, about him now. I don't know if everybody's talking to him, but nobody's uh, <laughs> talking about him. But he orchestrated this. This was going to be a legacy moment for him because if he goes out there and Matt LaFleur is a bad hire, and who knows? It's only through 10 I games. like the fact that he said, I own this. This, this is on me. Yes, I mean, because yes. he, he basically said, Brian Gutekunst, I'm going to protect you. Do you remember that press conference? That was awkward. Oh, it was wild. It was. Yeah. It was. And, and that kind of – but, I mean, LaFleur has bounced back from that, and the team has bounced back from it, and LaFleur has proven – I mean, he's proven he could coach. But I've seen other guys have great first years in Green Bay, Mike Sherman, Lindy Infante, you know, guys have come in and have won right away, and then you never heard from them from years after that. They didn't do anything. I got to tip my hat to Murphy for being progressive, right? Like, there was a pool of, of coaches that you could go after. The Broncos, for instance, went for a guy like Vic Fangio. Mm-hmm. Kind of old school. Here they are sitting at 3-7. and seven. He went after the McVay disciple, which was kind of faddish at the time, but I think it's paid off. We got a, we're a first-year head coach that's winning more games than any first-year yep. head coach. He's won 8 of 10, but still... Let's give him some more time before we know more about him. If Let's you're going to give some adversity, too. if you're going to give it, a, if you're going to get an offensive coordinator who you're not quite sure about the ability to be a head coach mm-hmm. and say just go get on the same page with this guy, what a better way to do it than with a guy that's hungry now, who doesn't care how he gets it done, who doesn't worry about the statistics as he has said, he just wants to win, who's open-minded enough to say go challenge this guy mentally, and you two will work great together. I mean, I, to me, it was. I, I, look, when people were asking me about it, I said, I don't know, man. There's a lot of rumors that whether he would even be back in Tennessee and what was going to go mm-hmm. on. And, you know, and I, I don't know if it's going to work. But as I got to hear LaFleur become more polished and speak more, and then you started to realize the intelligence of things, and then you saw him at training camp, obviously before the whole ankle thing. Right. But as he's running down the field and telling somebody, no, 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 no don't do it this way. This is the way we're going to do it. Make sure you dig here. Make sure you run this. Make sure you're crisp here. And you thought, this guy really means the attention to detail. If you're going to run a play, you're going to run it right. Mm-hmm. And they're not looking at it on the film after they run it once and saying, this is where you screwed up. This is a guy that's going down and showing you how to do it, whether it's Jimmy Graham or Aaron Jones or any other young guy. So I thought, okay, now you, you've opened my eyes. Give this guy a chance. And it's, it's paid off. LaFleur, an offensive-minded coach. So all he's had to really concentrate is his offense. He's went to his defensive coordinator, 
Mike Patton, who he ended up inheriting from the previous regime, but he kept the bond. Okay, Patton's been around the block a little bit. He's a real good defensive coordinator, had some head coaching experience at Cleveland, but he said, Mike, you run, you take care of the defense. Absolutely. It's like two head coaches. Yeah, he said, you take care of the defense. You do what you need to do on that. I'm going to worry about the offense and concentrate, and we're going to have a relationship with Aaron Rodgers. And Patton has taken care of the defense. Our defense has been good in some areas, been soft in some areas, but that's kind of taken some of the meat off the floor's plate. I like the fact that he kept Petten on, not only as a defensive coordinator, but somebody that's been a head coach yep. that he can go to and say, how did you do this? Sure. Because I'm sure coming into this situation, you're thinking as a new head coach, get through the week, noon kickoff, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now it's, I took over the Packers, so it's get through the week, Thursday night, get through the week, Sunday night, get through the week, noon kickoff, get through the week, 3.15, get through the week, Monday night, get, you know. Yeah. And this isn't your typical team or no. typical franchise. This is kind of that whole mentality of play to your, play to your strengths, and he's done that. It's, it's like I said, it's almost two head coaches. He's running the offense, Petten's doing the defense. It's completely evident, too, while the defense is on the field, that – you know, LaFleur is over there with a clipboard right next to Rodgers, and they are scheming, yeah. you know, the next set of downs. It's a really unique way to approach it, but they're making it work. But another thing that LaFleur's done, too, is just, like, the scheduling is different. Hanging out in Green Bay, I mean, we used to make trips up there at 11 a.m. We're going at – it's at like, the availability seems like it's, like, at 7 o'clock at night now, and he is all about, like – that is a fine-tuned machine up right. there with scheduling, all about recovery. He's smart. Yeah. He's a yeah. really smart guy. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're broadcasting live here at Kelly's Bleachers on Blue Mountain Road. Stop on by and say hi. I'm Bill Michaels. Christina Tussaud from CBS 58 is here. Also, Chuck Freeman is here. We want you here as well. Plus, you can come out and register to win the big screen TV we're giving away at the end of the season. Compliments of Chris and the gang over at ABC Audio Video, who is uh, – doing the entire sound system at my house for that matter and they're all going to be out there here in the next couple of days and doing everything over at our joint so we trust them you should as well check out chris and the gang at abc audio video but they're going to be giving away that big screen at the end of the season come on out and get registered for that as well we've got more right after this everywhere in wisconsin the bill michaels sports talk network Broadcasting live, we are here at uh, Kelly's Bleachers on Blue Mount. Stop on in and say hello. We would be uh, glad to shake a hand, say hello to a face, whatever it happens to be. You got uh, Bucks basketball getting ready to get underway at the five serve. You got NFL tonight as well as Fox has got the Thursday night football game. And if you want to come out and watch it, it's a great place. Huge viewing room in the back, as a matter of fact. So if you're uh, coming out, you can see, uh, you know, whatever sporting event happens to be. They got some college football on tonight as well. Hell, I'm sure there's some NBA and some hockey running around there, too. Well, they got shuttles going to Bucks games now. They've always had them going to, to Brewer games from here. Yep. They've come in here and gone yep. to a, a Brewer game, several of them. And, uh, but now they got Bucks shuttles. I have uh, I, I've said a couple of times, I think I can walk <laughs> out of this place and then try to get back down to Miller Park. Oh, that's a haul, man. You pick me up against the tree down there by the graveyard. I mean, after a couple beers, I could see where you'd be like, oh, it's doable. It's yeah. doable. I can, I can do, that. do that. Not in April. <laughs> I got long legs. Totally I'm 6'6". Six, six. I got long legs. I can do this. No, and then you realize when you're scampering across the street about to get hit by a bus, <laughs> I need to call a cab. No, that's, a, that's a long walk, but the shuttle is, is always, I mean, especially like baseball. I mean, when it's cold outside, taking the shuttle down the, right down there in the valley. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, we were sitting here talking about the Packers. I want to go back to the Mark, Mark Murphy thing. And uh, I remember Mark Murphy in that picture. Um, sledding down the hill and everybody's kind of ripping for doing that and, and i know chuck you're not always the biggest mark murphy fan uh but 
considering where this franchise was prior to Bob Harlan yeah. to where it is today, and Bob got it renovated, Bob got it the, the Brown County tax passed, and then what Mark has done to advance it uh, with all the purchases of the properties nearby, they're now making all that money with the Titletown District. I, I think business-wise, they're in fantastic shape. Football, they're back on track. Would you say that Mark Murphy has now done a fantastic job? And he inherited Ted Thompson. So, and he was told, hey, stay out of the way of the football people. So maybe a year too late, maybe a, a sure. year or two. But, you know, but he, he initially one time told Ted, he said about Ted um, that Ted could have basically this job as long as he wanted it. Right. Maybe that was the wrong thing for that Murphy was to say. The, yeah. That and was putting some support behind yes, your guy, but wink yes. and a nod, you're not going to keep and it. And now we're knowing right now that maybe that was not the right thing to say yeah. for you know a few different reasons. But you know he he's done a, he has done a great job. I don't understand what the football field outside of Lambeau Field was for because every time I see it, it's empty. Like, uh, what do they use that for? They, they are now putting heating coils underneath it. Oh yeah, who's, I did see all that. But who's, who uses it? Uh, well, the Packers <laughs> do normally, but uh, no, 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 not that. Oh, the big one over in Titletown. Titletown, that, that one. Oh, that one that's just open to the fans. Go go kick field nope. goals. <laughs> Nobody's ever used it. Oh, I do. do I do really? it on Friday nights. I go over there. I'm kicking field really? goals. Okay. Yeah. Hamstrings Bill out. can be seen yeah. over there running a 40. Oh, yeah. I say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her husband should be over there kicking field goals because that guy can boot a yeah. soccer ball okay. like nobody's leg. business. Right. He's got a leg. Because I see this big 100-yard field over there. Uh, at the Titletown District, it's like, man, there's never anybody out. Chuck, I go over and run wind sprints. Uh, I do. I do gassers, <laughs> and uh, I get to about the 20. Okay. And uh, the Bill I, Michaels combine. I have requested porta potties at every 10-yard marker just in case. But uh, I'm Bill, you go up there for a one-hour show every week, and I'm like, man, he's got to be doing more than just doing an hour show and coming. That's back. it. Yeah, might, I'm, I'm throwing passes workout. to myself. I am Batman. <laughs> you go get a little workout yeah. over there. Yeah. Hey, uh, Christine, I know you got to go. You're taking off, right? I do. I do. Uh, who's winning? Give me your. Give me your. Oh, pick I got the Packers. Packers in this one. I think I've made it. Have made we offended you already? Is that what it is? Pretty much. Oh. Pretty much. Yeah, she's got work to do. Yeah, she's got TV to do. Apparently, Kevin Holden screwed the hell out of everything over there at CBS. I saw that he had that maple syrup bottle from like 2013. Yeah. Uh, maybe he ate that. He, he's, he collects uh, yeah, things, he, you know? He's, uh, he's a bad case of the trots, and she's got to go in and take care of him. i got to go salvage. Pick up the pieces. That's my go. job. That's it. All right, we got another hour yet to go. Hang in there. Broadcasting live at Kelly's Bleachers right here on Blue Mountain Road. In, uh, right, well, right up the street from the, uh, the ballpark, as a matter of fact. Come on by and say hi. More after this. Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. In 49 other states, football is just a game, but this is Wisconsin. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. Wisconsin fans demand the best, the best analysis, the best interviews. The best coverage, and no one delivers like the Bill Michaels Huddle. Good evening, and welcome to the second hour of the Bill Michaels Huddle. We're on the air. We're broadcasting live. Kelly's Bleachers here on uh, Blue Mountain Road near downtown Milwaukee. And if uh, you know where the stadium is, and you've probably partied at Kelly's once or twice in your life, maybe you've even staggered out at Kelly's once or twice in your life like we have, Come on by. We're here for another hour talking Packers football and the NFL in general. you got Thursday night football coming up tonight. And uh, you also have Bucks game tonight as well. And it's all on the big screens here 
at Kelly's Bleachers. So uh, no reason not to come out and enjoy yourself and uh, hang out with us for a little while. We, we'd be happy to see you, without a doubt. Come on by. Um, sitting here with Chuck Freeman from 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, The Fan, out of Milwaukee. And uh, Christina Tussaud from CBS 58 had to take off. She had to get back. She's got some work to do tonight. So uh, Chuck and I are going to wing it and head back and bring you home. But we were sitting here talking about this game, Chuck, uh, and, and I really believe the Packers have a legitimate shot at winning this. They're coming off of the bye. They're healthy. The 49ers aren't. The 49ers uh, are reeling a little bit. They had to come back, a come-from-behind win against an okay Arizona team. They had gotten beat by Seattle. I think right now they're right for the picking. Uh, even though I picked the, the Packers to lose the game for reasons that we've mm-hmm. expressed earlier, uh, I still think San Francisco is right for the picking. Oh, you think Green Bay is going to win it or I, lose it? I, yeah. I, if I had to pick on paper, I'm yeah. picking the 49ers to get the win. Yeah. But why? because the 49 because the 49ers just for all the circumstances leading up to this contest, uh, and the Packers are going out on Saturday, they've kind of they feel they've learned from their mistake of going out on sa- on Friday, you know, and so they feel more confident. Bill, don't you? think that's so over overrated and overblown this I, week. I think it is, but if God, you take the guy, if the if the guys if the guys talk about you know being tired in the leg and oh. and it was just so different and kind of, you kind of go from there. If they talk about it, then it becomes real, and if it becomes real in their head, then it's real in their hearts, and you might as well go ahead and just change it up just to change it up. But when I hear one of the first questions to be asked, Coach Lafleur on Monday's press conference, what day are you leaving? Friday or Saturday? Right. I'm like, man, is that is that? And unfortunately, that's one of the big storylines. Is this that weekend. relevant? It's that relevant. It should be irrelevant, but it's relevant. Well, we're leaving on Saturday. <laughs> like, okay, right. less time for those guys to do whatever. Yeah, we still don't have the full story on what what all went out and why they look so bad against the Chargers out in L.A. They were just flat. They had a clunker. Well, I, for some, lack of a better some, term, they just had a clunker. Something, you know, with travel or whatever, I don't know. But, you know, they're changing things around a little bit. But traveling out to the West Coast shouldn't be a big deal. But that said, I think anytime, Bill, anytime one of our sports teams goes out West Coast, as you know, um, I think that there's always a weirdness. It's like, okay, oh, how yeah. are they going to do? How, uh, you know, yep. how are the Brewers going to do out there? How are the Bucks going to do on the West Coast? How are the Packers going to do out in the in the West Coast? But you know, I, I feel like, and Lafleur talked about this the other day, and also read some stuff. When teams come from West Coast to East Coast, there's more of a stress for that West Coast team than East Coast teams right. going to West Coast because if a West Coast team comes out here and they play at um, well, let's say I have a noon start at Lambeau. That's a 10 a.m. start for those guys. And we right. all know pro football players, you know, these guys. Creatures of habit, man. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. So, and it's a little different for our teams to go out there. With that said, though, I still think Green Bay is going to win this game. Uh, I think they're, if, if the Packers don't win this game, that means they'll play about their C-D effort out there. And, you know, that's not going to get it done against these guys. Do you think that, uh, let me ask you this. Do the Packers come out? lackluster like they did against L.A., or do you think they come out as sharp as we've seen them pretty much all season long? The second one. I think they're going to come out as sharp. Do you? As, okay. Yeah, I, I thought against Carolina we'd see that, too. I think, well, the opening drive, I think they'll be, you know, San Francisco came out really flat against Arizona this past Sunday, and I can see Green Bay going, if they, if they do it against the Packers, the Packers go carve them up, especially with the Packers stripped out their first 15 to 20 plays. Right. I Yeah, I, I expect Green Bay who was so flat in Los Angeles to come out, an A-plus effort. LaFleur's not going to let these guys come out of the gates flat. And I expect 
you know, a flawless, not a flawless game, but I think they're going to go out there and play a game similar to when they played in Dallas. Remember the game in Dallas right. earlier this year, Bill? They went to Dallas, and they came out of the gates, and they smashed them in the mouth. They established control of the game, and that's what you got to do on the road. you got to take the crowd out of the game. Right. And I think that's Although the crowd's going to be a lot of Packers fans, from what I understand. This it was is. a game that a lot of Packers fans circled in the sense that this was going to be a warm-weather trip mm -hmm. during a cold-weather month. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because really, they don't have any else. They, they, they've got uh, the trip to New York to go play the Giants, mm -hmm. and nobody wants to go to New York. Uh, and then you come back home, you got the Redskins and the Bears in back-to-back, -back, mm -hmm. and then your other two are Minneapolis and Detroit. I'm watching the game. So this is this is it for your trips. When I'm watching the Arizona game against San Francisco, I'm seeing guys out there sweating. Yeah. And both of you know you see the sweat, the pres right. perspiration coming off their body, and I'm like, man, that doesn't happen in Green Bay in mid-November. No, no, not at all. And plus, we got kind of weird weather anyway early yeah. on, so you know, uh, people are kind of looking at this going, eh, you know, pre-Thanksgiving trip, this might not be a bad way to go, spend a little money, especially if you're not going to do any kind of a major bowl game for the Badgers. Yeah. If you're Wisconsinite, might make, make a good excuse. Get, I know three or four people that are heading out that way. thought about it. You know, we're uh, we're heading out for a little golf trip in Scottsdale on Tuesday. Uh, Monday night, we're leaving out. And, and when I looked at the schedule, I was like, man, we probably should have gone out there and gone to the game. Right. And then gone over to Scottsdale and done some little golfing. But, uh, you know, that said, the uh, you know, I'm surprised they built this stadium in San Francisco. I got to see the whole Santa Clara. Santa Clara, two yeah. two hours away. It, it's an hour. It's about an hour. Depending on the traffic, it's about an hour and ten minutes south. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's right next to the facility for the San Jose Sharks. Yes, where uh, Pat Hughes is from. Uh, the correct Brewer broadcaster and and the Cubs broadcaster. He's from San Jose. He used to tell me all the time how beautiful it is out there. It but is. I'm, it's beautiful country. It's surprised they would build it so far away from San no, Francisco. There's no place in San Francisco to build it that wasn't going to cost you a billion dollars just for the land. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there's just no place around. And plus, you always had the fog and the issues at Candlestick, and they didn't want to have that, you know, because they didn't want weather to become that, you know. So the weather was better in Santa Clara than yes. it was in San Francisco. Yes, very much. Okay. Yeah, because of, you'd see guys at uh, Niner games or, or Giants games. You'd see people in the stands. You'd see guys on the bench. You know, they're wearing overcoats oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. in California. Yep. Uh, and when you uh, – have you ever been to San Francisco? Yeah, uh, playoff games. Okay. So when you go out there and you get that breeze coming in from underneath the Golden Gate mm -hmm. and over and around Alcatraz, that stadium is not far from, sure. uh, from the bay, from that area. And then you get the fog. And the fog is a cold, wet, damp you know, fog, mm -hmm. and, and they just didn't want to deal with that. I mean, how many games have we seen out in San Francisco, go back to the old Joe Montana days, that you couldn't hardly see the field because sure. the fog was so thick? Well, the days I've gone, I went out there to uh, cover the Packers when they were the playoff games. I didn't cover any of those uh, Kaepernick games, but the ones in the 90s, you'd go out there, I don't think I ever saw a sunny day. The NFC Championship game, when they beat the Niners and they advanced to San Diego to eventually lose to Denver in Super Bowl 32, Clemens and I were out in San Francisco, and, man, it was pouring, raining. I mean, the sun never came out. It was like we were there for three days, and yeah. it was just brutal weather. Yep. It's not the best. So they moved that thing down to Santa Clara. Santa Clara gave them a sweetheart deal when sure. it comes to taxes anyway. So it just seems odd for a team to it is. San Francisco play, play two hours away. Yeah, and, and if you go there, uh, they always recommend don't fly into San Francisco. Fly into Oakland okay. and take the Bay Bridge over into San Francisco. All right. It's a lot cheaper. But once you get to Oakland, then you got to go the 30 minutes, which is only two miles across the mm -hmm. bay. But you, you take the 30 minutes for two miles across the Bay Bridge, 
and then go south for yeah. another hour down to Santa Clara, down to get down to the uh, Levi Stadium. Tremendous field, really neat thing, re- or really neat facility when we got a chance to see it out there for the Super Bowl. But uh, it isn't it isn't real convenient, and a lot of people take the train. Now, Bill, do, of the history that the Packers have had in San Francisco, and you've been covering the Packers for a long time, do you have good memories or bad memories of the Packers going to San Francisco playing a game? The only memory uh, of any ilk that was good uh, for me was we were out in San Francisco. Wayne Larrabee was trying to catch a flight doing college uh, be- uh, football the day before mm-hmm. and was running late. And I had to do the Mike Sherman show, and they said, Bill, if Wayne doesn't make it, you're going to do the play-by-play. Okay. Uh, and that, that was kind of exciting. Oh, you did the pregame. So I did the pregame okay. show because Wayne was, you know, Wayne's flight was yeah. delayed coming okay. out from doing uh, from doing college. Uh, and the Packers actually with Favre won that game. Uh, but that was back in the Mike Sherman days. And uh, that, that was kind of the only positive thing I can ever remember coming out of San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, they had some victories there in the 90s, but, you know, the Kaepernick campaign, you know, a few years ago, 2013, that kind of kind of sticks in your head a little yeah. bit that Kaepernick ran for like 180 yards against them, and it's like, man, we got to deal with this guy for years yep. and years and years. Yep. And uh, man, you still might not be done with seeing Kaepernick. Uh, he was so good and such the a The only other time I remember was when – That uh, zone read. That's where the zone read came out. Remember the year after the Super Bowl, go back out to, uh, out to uh, uh, San Francisco, and Clay Matthews got that uh, unnecessary – that uh, personal foul, unnecessary roughness, Hit Kaepernick out of bounds. That's right. He dove at him. I mean, like clotheslined him and threw him out of bounds. That's right. And that was the beginning of the end of Kaepernick because that was when everybody said, take a couple of personal fouls and beat the hell out of this guy. Sure. And he'll stop running the football. And he did. And his numbers dramatically went down after that. But, Bill, they were running that uh, zone read. And that's when the zone read became a household name. Yeah. Where Kaepernick would get the snap and would roll and either read where the linebacker was to take off or make the pass downfield. And just destroyed the Packers. Yep. As Gary Ellerson would say, they're riding the side. Yep, yep. That's where all that came from. Mm-hmm. Going to go and take a quick break. We are broadcasting live at Kelly's Bleachers. We're here on Blue Mountain Road. Come on by. The Bucks game is on. That just got underway. You've also got some Sunday night football getting ready to kick off. The Colts and the Texans coming up here in just a little bit as well. That's on the big screen. A lot more yet to come. Chuck Freeman alongside. I'm Bill Michaels. We've got more brought to you by Bud Light right after this. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We are back. We are glad you are back as well as we are broadcasting live out here at uh, Kelly's Bleachers on Blue Mountain Road. Come on in and say hello. they got a lot of Budweiser specials tonight. Uh, if you want to come by and say hi and uh, got some good faces in the crowd tonight, our buddy Wojo from the Milwaukee Admirals is over there, him and his beautiful wife, and our buddy Steve Galky, who's managed and uh, done more stage work for Metallica and Taylor Swift and you too and than anybody I've ever met in my life. He's more traveled than I am, and I thought I did a lot of moving around. So we got a lot of good people out here tonight. So thanks, everybody, for showing up and hanging out with us. Chuck Freeman alongside from 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, the fans' morning show, our flagship station out of Milwaukee, uh, the co-host of the uh, Chuck and Winkler show. So uh, when you look at this game, Chuck, and we'd asked this question yesterday, is this a must-win? Well, if they want to get one of the top two seeds, it certainly is. See, that's what I keep saying. I, I Even though I know San Francisco has a, a really, really tough schedule and the Packers win or lose in this game still could end up in the driver's seat, I think from uh, just the the being down perspective, mm-hmm. I think you don't want to end up tied with Minnesota. You don't want to have to battle them for that. You don't want that game in Minneapolis to mean that much. No, but I, I, I go into every season, Bill, thinking, uh, okay, 
can the Packers get the number one seed? Then they got a couple of early season losses. Then they said, okay, you can't get a number one or two seed. Uh, let's win the division at least. Okay, well, they can't win the division, so might as well settle for a wild card and take your chances there. Now, uh, you know, recently the Packers haven't had the number one or number two seed, so uh, they've had to go on a road, and as a result, they've suffered some tough playoff losses. Right. So, I mean, at this point, they're eight and two. So I think realistically they have a great shot at getting a one or two seed. You remember in 2014, they were set up for a home field advantage uh, in the playoffs, maybe throughout the playoffs. Then they lost a game late in the year, about this time, maybe a little later, in Buffalo. Yep. An inferior Buffalo team. But now this time they're playing a good team on the road, a team they're battling for for home field advantage. So this game is monstrous. Uh, you've got uh, the game that's kicking off now, the Colts receiving as they're taking on the Texans, those two teams battling for the top spot in their division. And then we'll run through the full slate of games coming up uh, this weekend in the NFL. And you got a couple of good ones, too. you got three or four really good ones, obviously the Packers and the 49ers. Monday night, you got the Rams who are trying to cling to life, and they've got the Ravens visiting the West Coast. you got the Cowboys on the road taking on the Patriots. Uh, you've also got the Seahawks trailing to the East Coast taking on the Eagles. you got a six-win team in the uh, Oakland Raiders on the road to take on the Jets. you got Carolina on the road taking on the Saints. you, you got a lot of good games this weekend that have playoff ramifications because some of these games, teams are, are going to find out if they're actually going to be still in it sure. after this weekend or their season's pretty much done. I, I think from like this Thanksgiving on, it's like every one of these games, you know, there's some well, there's some teams like the Rams are 6-4. and four. They might be on the outside looking in permanently because there's so many good teams in the NFC. But, I mean, you get around Thanksgiving time and down the home stretch, there are so many important games all across the board that are going to decide playoff position and who is in. And who's out in the playoff race? Even the Bears, thinking if they run the table, they can still get into the postseason. See, in other years, I think four and six would still you'd have a shot at it. Yeah, but they're, they're, that's an ugly four and six. I, I don't think four and six at this page. I still, man, they're they're not they're mathematically still in, but they need a lot of things to happen. Yeah, they're to get a world away. No they play, doubt they play a crappy team this week. They should get a win, but who knows? Um, when you look at this secondary, how good do you think uh, the combination of Jair Alexander and Kevin King is? Real good. I think King. The knock on him, I, and I, I know it's been injuries, but that he's not as good as Bill. Uh, you know, he was number one, first round pick. We had a lot of high expectations. He's been hurt for most of the time he's been drafted. Big decision on the Packers' part, Bill, in the offseason. Yep. Do you resign Kevin King? Right. Or do you let him go to free agency? But right. you got some brewing here with him and Jair in the, uh, in the secondary. Tremont Williams, I don't think, is going to be on this team next year. I mean, we love Tremont, but, you know, Tremont. At 36 next year, how how can he keep going? So you need, you know, it's like you Larry Fitzgerald though. They keep t saying the same thing about Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald just keeps he's their leading receiver again. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. how long do you hang on to Larry Fitzgerald? And Larry, they talked about trading Larry. Yeah, Larry has said win, lose, or draw, he's going to be a Cardinal for the rest. <laughs> you know of his why? Because he likes to play golf at Arizona. That too. Bill, last uh, year we went golfing to a course out there, and see this guy ahead of me with the long hair. I'm like. Man, that looks like Larry Fitzgerald. I was telling my girlfriend, Chandler, I said, that, that might be Larry Fitzgerald. You know, he likes to golf. And sure enough, we caught up to him. It was Larry Fitzgerald. Really? Yeah, on an off day golf. Play a little, play a little skins game with him? Or? No, no, because he's got game, man. Does he? Oh, he could golf. Oh, absolutely. He was good. We were watching him in off the tee. Yeah, his approach shots. Larry, and then I, I, I saw a, a little special did on the Golf Channel uh, this past winter. And, and he talked about, like you said, he wants to stay in Arizona, but yeah. largely because – 
he knows he can golf year round there. I, uh, I, when, when the if you remember when the Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers had taken over, the Packers needed a win to get in the postseason. They beat Arizona, had to fly back home, practice, and go back to Arizona. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was a very unbelievable game, I guess, is the best way to put it, because the Packers went down early in that ball game and then came battling back only to fall short uh, in overtime. Uh, when Aaron Rodgers got hit, fumbled the football, and then the rest is history. 2009. But I got, I just stayed. Uh, I was working with the Packers Network, and I stayed in Arizona. And I said, okay, I'll just go cover the Cardinals the whole time. And the only guy that talked every day about whatever it is you wanted to talk about. Well, you stayed there the whole week that week? The whole week, okay. he was fantastic. He's telling me restaurants, places to go. Okay. You know, hey, I know you're probably on the road. Yeah. You've been here for 10 days. You know, him and Kurt Warner were the two nicest guys you'd ever want to meet. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting in now. We, when you're talking to guys, a lot of times they're either in shorts or they're getting dressed or they're in a towel. Sure. You know? And I'm sitting there looking at Larry and I'm going, this is one of the most physically ripped guys. And I'm talking to him about his diet. He doesn't put sugar in his body. Mm -hmm. He nothing but leafy green vegetables. And he eats certain, you know, certain grains. And it, he's explaining to me his soul. And I'm like, how do you do that? And he said, he points his fingers at himself, and he goes, look at this. He said, this is the only, this is the only thing I take to work every day. Yeah. And that's the way he looked at it. That's sure. the reason the guy's in great shape. Tremont Williams is like that. So I wonder if Tremont, even with his knowledge, we mm -hmm. talked about uh, Richard Sherman still playing well. Sure. And he's doing it mainly on his knowledge. I wonder how much long Tremont, Tremont Williams can still get after a football and do it with his knowledge. You know, I think as long as you still have the passion for it and you're collecting a paycheck, uh, and, and if you're still doing, if you're still good, keep going but you don't see too many 36 year old defensive backs you know in that league and well in that position you need you can get away with it i think at being a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman at 36 but man and the secondary man where you need your lateral movement and you need your quickness because you got to stay with these 23 year old wide receivers right. coming up god that's a, that's a tough position to play for a 36 year old i i agree i i remember as as charles woodson was winding down in his career and i was asking him the same thing you know hey and I said, look, and I, I didn't want to say it looks like. I just said, hey, people said you're a step slower, you know. Yeah. And he always says, who? Who says that? You know, they get very defensive. And he said, even if I am, I know now how to open my hips. I know how to ro my, rotate my feet. I know how not to do something. Sure. And he said, so I've got a half step faster on a lot of the young guys, and that's the way I look at it. I wonder if Tremont Williams is looking at the rest of his career like that right now. And I think a lot of athletes in general – you know, they might not be the most physically gifted guys out there, but they get away with, you know, being very oh, yeah. smart, like Richard yeah. Sherman, being very smart, knowing where you're supposed to be, knowing what the other guys are told me watching videotape. He says, you have to know where to hold a guy. Yeah. You know, and, and I said, what do you mean? He says, you got to get a hold of that shirt every now and then. He yeah. said, you get a young cat running 4-3 past you. He said, yeah. you got to know how to get a hold of that shirt. He said, if you get a hold of the shirt at the waistline, you keep that shirt tucked in that belt. Yeah. He said, and they can't tell. They can't see it stretch. You can hang on to a guy. See, he said, I just become a trailer. See, that's some guys like Jim, Jair Alexander don't know. Yeah. No, they, they haven't they, learned they, that they, stuff yet. They, they don't learn it. Don't worry know. about hand play downfield. Just grab a hold of his draws no, and hang on. No, but I mean, I think that's what Richard Sherman. I mean, I'm watching him play the other day, and he, and he got three pass interference calls. He isn't getting away with it as much as uh, he used to be because he's he's a little slow, but he's still so smart and being in the right position. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and his teammates look up to, up to him, too. Let's do this. We'll go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to start picking the rest of the NFL. we got a lot of games to get to, including the contest that just got underway, and that is the Colts on the road taking on the Texans down in Houston. We've got all that coming up next out here in the Bill Michaels Huddle. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. 
Welcome back. We are glad to have you. We are broadcasting live at Kelly's Bleachers. We're here on Blue Mountain Road. It's a Bill Michael Suttle. We're brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light. And uh, we got Mel running around here somewhere. She's uh, passing on all the registration slips, getting people all uh, registered up for the big screen TV we're giving away at the end of the season. There she is. She's wearing a Budweiser hat. It wasn't facing me, so I had to make sure which one she was. You don't want to just yell it out randomly and then have it be the wrong person. Chuck Freeman alongside from 105.7 FM, The Fan, and 12.50 AM, The Fan out of Milwaukee. Like I said, we got some good people in the house. So I, you didn't know that I had you hooked up for the REO Speedway? No. Concert? I mean, you, when, when were you waiting to tell me that? I, I told Christmas? you. I said, our buddy Wojo over there. Yeah. He uh, takes care of us for some of the concerts. And I always call him when something good comes up. Like yeah. last year we had sticks. Yeah. And I told the kids, uh, I said, I'm going to take you to sticks. And they're like, who? They know Ariana Grande. And, sure. You know, and, and, and nobody such, knows sticks you know. but us guys, yeah. And so, I mean, even like Flo Rida is old to them, you know? Sure. So I said, you know, no, we'll take it to Sticks. And now they know every Sticks song. They love it. Uh, okay. And we, we were, you know, and I kind of know those guys. So we took uh, and, and met JY and the guys backstage. And they gave them picks and drumsticks. And then they gave them the song lists. Which oh, we had they, on the floor they, there? They, yeah, yeah, they signed the song list and then yeah. we framed it and that's in their wow. rooms and stuff. So Can we get that same sort of we'll deal get with you, we'll, we'll get you Cronin to get you a, a, a song list and sign it for you. Oh, can we get backstage? We get oh, yeah. Oh, that's oh, awesome. You're with us, baby. I didn't realize that. Yeah, you're with us. I know yeah, a couple uh, people. Were you what? <laughs> yeah. I know a couple people. Yeah, I was, you just kind of nonchalantly told me that. I'm no, like, no, no. We're, we're off we're the hanging. air. And I'm like, we're hanging. All we're right. We'll be back there. So I may get you on stage to do a little karaoke with Nick. God, that's even going a little yeah. too fast. Cronin's going to be singing to you. That's that's amazing. He'll tell you a story about how that's he was March, hanging right? out in the uh, Playboy Grotto or something like that. All in. You know, that's the other thing. i got to find out what it is because we got to go to spring training. Well, we're not going that week. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like the March 15th, right around there, 14th. Is yeah, like that's Saturday. probably spring training. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're not going that. No, we won't go that day. We'll go the next day, I guess. We'll <laughs> yeah. head out to Arizona right after that. Yeah. So uh, we're broadcasting live here at Kelly's Bleachers. Time now to start making our picks around the rest of the NFL. you got the Colts and the Texans going out of both of these teams vying for the top spot in the uh, in the AFC and uh, when you took it or I should say the AFC South but when you're talking about the Colts and the Texans Colts sitting at six and four Texans sitting at six and four I love Jacoby Brissett and what he's done this season uh, Deshaun Watson I might like just a little bit more uh, and especially at home and the defense while it's been eaten up they got killed last week this Denver de- or this uh, Houston defense did against uh, the Ravens they got dump truck remember uh, Lamar Jackson ran all over them I think they're going to come back with something to prove tonight. I'm going to take the Texans at home. I like Texans at home as well. Uh, they played so poorly this past week. Uh, really, I mean, awful. They lost 41-7 to to Baltimore, and I thought they were a better team than that. Uh, you got the Buccaneers and the Falcons. Those two teams going out. By the way, they both really suck at 3-7. and seven. Between them, they're 6-14. Uh, and 14. and uh, But the Falcons have played better football as of late. Yeah, they've become spoilers the last couple yeah. weeks. They beat New Orleans. They went to Carolina and won a game. And Tampa, I thought Tampa would be better than 3-7 and seven under Bruce Arians. We say this every year about Tampa. Mm-hmm. Every year they're supposed to be better. Every year this is going to be it. They picked up Jameis Winston. He's going to be the guy that's going to guide him. He's got problems, but he'll be good on the field. And, and nothing has materialized. One week he'll throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. The next week he'll throw for four interceptions and 120 yards. It's just... Uh, I got the Falcons at home in this one. And I, and I think it was, was it Julio Jones that kind of spoke up this week and said enough's enough. Uh, so I'm going to take the Falcons in a, in, a, in a win in this one at home. Atlanta's on a nice little roll, man. Uh, and I think that they're going to win three in a row. They're not going to the postseason because they buried themselves too yeah. early in the year. But, man, I think that New Orleans game that they won at the Superdome was a head turner. And they're going to spoil some seasons coming up. If there's a team, and I know people aren't Falcons fans because the, you know, the Packers have faced the Falcons. It fell to the Falcons in the NFC Championship game. I get it. But have you ever met Arthur Blank? 
No, I've seen him and his young wife many times, though, from, from afar. We were, uh, it was opening night of Super Bowl last year because it was down in Atlanta. And that man couldn't have been prouder of his city, of mm-hmm. that new stadium. And I'm standing there as they're doing the opening night festivities now. Both teams are being introduced. And we're all wondering about Gurley and the leg. And I'm talking to Sam Shields because he played for uh, the sure. Rams at the time. And this guy comes over to me, and uh, he was actually, you know, Jimmy Kimmel's uh, young protege, whoever that is, that does kind of his sidekick stuff. Yeah. Kimmel's guy was there on okay. the field and trying to get an interview with him. And I had asked Arthur Blank's people, hey, if he gets a chance, let me know. And he comes over behind me, taps me on the shoulder, and said, you know, hey, uh, I'm, my name is Arthur Blank. Uh, I was told, and I'm like, I know who you are, you know, but he's still introducing himself. And he was just so genuinely happy to be showcasing his city Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I told him, I said, you know what? You make me want to go buy something from Home Depot. You know, he's just that good of a guy, you know. So uh, I, uh, there, if there's a franchise you want to root for, it's kind of Atlanta, but uh, they just, they're just they terrible this well, year. Well, he comes across on the interviews and when he's talking on TV and you hear him at the, see him at the owner's meetings as a nice guy. I was wondering, is that really him or is it? But he seems like I what you tell me. I think he's a genuine nice guy. I think that he is just an incredibly shrewd. There's some people that – may not run a business but know how to operate a business and then there's people that know how to run a business but they don't know how to operate the day-to-day sure. i think he's got great people underneath him and he just had a vision and said let's buy this and do this All and right. we'll find people to put it together i just the guy's fantastic so i i, I mean every now and then i'll kind of go hey i'd like to see the atlanta falcons get a couple more wins then you got the broncos uh, talking about uh, guys to like or guys to hate you got john elway at the helm at that one and flacco's no like no likable figure they're going into Buffalo to take on the 7-3 and three Buffalo Bills. I got Buffalo in this one all day long. How about Denver going into Minnesota and blowing that 20 to nothing halftime oh. lead? thought Brandon Allen played so well in the first half. Yeah. And their defense, Fangio's defense, gave up a couple of just awful touchdowns in the fourth quarter, early fourth quarter, let the Vikings into the back door. Yeah. That's, that's so discouraging that was painful. for Denver. I think Buffalo wins at home. Buffalo gets the win. The, the Giants are on the road. They're coming to Soldier Field. The Bears are going to welcome them. Uh, that is a noon kickoff, by the way. The Bears 4-6 and six and saying if they just run the table, R-E-L-A-X, they can get themselves into the postseason. The Giants season pretty much done. I'm going to take the Bears to get uh, to get the media off their back for just a, one more week. I feel like I take the Bears every week thinking this is going to be the game. I didn't against the Rams last week, but you know, several times at home this year, I thought they were going to beat uh, the Chargers a couple of weeks ago, and they lost, and they continue to have field goal issues. And, of course, the you know, Trubisky just can't get out of his own way there. I, 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 but I'm going to take the Bears again against the Giants, who are worst. All right. Uh, then you got the Steelers, who are 5-5, five and five, and they're trying to hang on. And I, I, after starting off 1-4, uh, to go 5-1 and one has been amazing for Mike Tomlin. I say they go to 6-5 and five as they beat the absolutely spectacularly craptastic Cincinnati Bengals at the jungle, uh, and uh, they walk away with yet another victory over that franchise. Are the Bengals the worst team in professional sports? They are the worst team, worst run managerial yep. team in all of sports. I, w- I will say that. I don't remember them being that bad when we were kids. They make uh, the uh, the Florida Marlins look professional. God, yeah, and they just continue to lose. And, their and for a while, I thought it was the Raiders. I really did. I thought the Raiders no, it was were the Raiders. Team. Yeah, and, and the Bengals have taken that, that top spot. Raiders over. are actually showing some ability to do a few things these days. But yeah. I, I like the, cheer, uh, the Steelers on the road in this one. Uh, then you got the uh, Dolphins at 2-8, and eight, taking on the Browns at 4-6. and six. Boy, the Browns need the Dolphins to come to town to, just to kind of get themselves right again. Uh, if, I think they're going to go to 5-6. and six. Maybe they right the ship a little bit. 
Uh, but this has been a hugely disappointing season for the Cleveland Browns. Not a whole lot of leadership inside that locker room. Uh, the, the suspension to Garrett has not been uh, reduced by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, I'm going to take the Browns to get the win at home, but uh, it, it really isn't going to matter too much. Dolphins go to 2-9, and nine, Browns go to four or 5-6. and six. Miami had showed some life in the last few weeks. Then came Buffalo this past week yep. at home, and they got crushed at home, and they came back down to life. But, I mean, they were at least, you know, they weren't winning games, but they were showing a little bit of a life, and, and this week they just went back to being bad again. I like the Browns. Uh, Carolina Panthers are on the road. They're going into a loud New Orleans Saints dome. The Saints sitting at 8-2. and two. Uh, The Panthers at 5-5. Five and five. Hands down, I'm taking the Saints in this one. Just uh, the Panthers going on the road are not good. The Saints at home are extremely good. Uh, and I think the Saints still have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after getting the hell beat out of them by Atlanta a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think the Saints are going to get this one. The Orleans bounced back this past week, got the win against Tampa, and the Panthers, what a discouraging home loss. They got beat at home yep. this past week. I think the Saints will win at home. Then you got the uh, the Raiders, who we had just mentioned. The Raiders at 6-4, and four, the Jets at 3-7. and seven. Raiders got to go to the East Coast from the West Coast. Difficult to do, as you had mentioned. This is my, uh, if I had to take one, this is going to be my upset pick. I'm going to take Sam Darnold and the Jets to get like the win. Off. Yeah, I'm going to okay. take them to get the get the win over the Raiders. Yeah, you know, I mentioned earlier, the West Coast teams have a tougher time going to the East than the East to the West. I'm going to take the Raiders on this one. Got the Raiders. There you have it. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get to the rest of the docket. you got a really good one between Seattle and the Eagles, the Cowboys and the Patriots. Also, can't forget about the Monday night game, the Ravens and the Rams, but we're also going to pick the Packers on the road against the 49ers. That is all coming up. We are broadcasting live here at Kelly's Bleachers on Blue Mountain Road, just a stone's throw away from Miller Park. Everybody knows where this place is at. Come on by and say hi. I'm Bill Michaels, Chuck Freeman alongside. Don't forget, you can also get registered for the big screen TV we're giving away at the end of the season. All brought to you by ABC Audio Video. We'll be back right after this. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Broadcasting live here at Kelly's Bleachers. We're here on Blue Mountain Road. Bucks right now. They're uh, taking on the Trailblazers. They're up uh, 42-32. And also you've got uh, the uh, Thursday night football game, the contest between the Colts and the Texans. Texans with the ball just uh, transferred hands. And uh, no score in that game as of yet. You've got uh, other Big Ten basketball on. You've got uh, some college football on. A lot of things going on here at Kelly's Bleachers on Blue Mountain Road. Plus, coming up on the, uh, what is it, uh, tomorrow night, They've got the uh, the beer pong tournament, six hundred bucks in cash and prizes. How's here, that operate here for the beer pong tournament tomorrow night? Beer pong, man. Yeah, I didn't realize you could have a tournament. Uh, on the you beer can, pongs. I guess. Uh, I guess the winner not only uh, gets gas, but they get so drunk that they don't know if they got the money or not. <laughs> I hope they get a yeah. drive home, maybe. You do a cheese yeah. coney pong contest, I'm in. No kidding. Yeah, we'll we'll do that in heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, so Chuck Freeman alongside. I'm Bill Michaels. We got some more games to pick. Uh, we go now to the uh, East Coast, where Philadelphia. At five and five, trying to hang on, they're taking on the Seattle Seahawks, who are eight and two. You got a West Coast team going to the East Coast. The Eagles are good; they're not great. The Seahawks are good; they're not great. Uh, it's very difficult for me to go against the Seahawks, but I'm going to take the Eagles at home in this one. That is a noon kickoff. I'm beginning to think that Carson Wentz just is not going to ever be the no, real deal. and I don't think he is really well liked. No, and he could own that city, you know, in Philadelphia. Yeah. If you go out there and you're a warrior, man, you can own that city. Yep. And, you know, here's a kid from Fargo, North Dakota, overall number one pick in the draft, and he's going out there, and, and Nick Foles led them to the Super Bowl championship. 
got hurt, possibly could have been the MVP that year, but, you know, he's bounced back, and I just thought he, he was so feeble, I thought, this past week against New England. I don't think, I, the Eagles, I'm starting to turn on them a little bit. Seahawks, I think, go to the, go into Philadelphia and do, win a close game here. Got him in a close one. Yep. Okay. All right, I'll take the Eagles at home just because I think uh, West Coast, East Coast is tough. I think the Eagles want to rebound. I think Seattle's right for the picket right now, sitting at 8-2. and two. I'll take it for all those reasons. Then you've got to the, boy, this is a bad game. The 1-9 and nine Redskins, who the Redskins may be right there a step above Cincinnati when it comes to terrible yeah, organization. There's a chance of the crowd that they want Daniel Snyder to sell the team. Oh, absolutely. And they said the FedEx field was built in the wrong area, and it was an overrun, and there was just all kinds of problems. Uh, then you got the Lions at 3-6-1 and one, trying to get back into the winner's circle. Uh, I'm taking the Lions. I, there's something about – I don't know if Matt Patricia hangs on to his job another year, but there's something about the way he's coached this year versus last year that I like. It's like he's grown up a little bit. But he doesn't have Matt Stafford. He doesn't have Matthew Stafford. I think they would have so. beat Dallas if they had him. And I even picked them despite the fact that Stafford was out. For the right. Match. But um, I'm going I'm to take the Lions on the road to knock off the Redskins. I'm going to take Washington here. Are you? I think Washington's going to show some Washington pride. puts that nail in the coffin of the Lions and I, ends their season. Yeah, I can see Washington winning this game. And Matt Patricia is wash, uh, washing uh, the Ford's card on the way home. You think Detroit's going to make a coaching shift? Or are they give another year on it? I, I guess it's tough with your quarterback with a broken back. But yeah. you were supposed to make the defense better. That was your forte coming in. It's only two years for him, though. And, eh. You know, they traded for Mike Daniels. He ended up getting hurt. And I feel like the Ford family, though, always gives the or coach. Or they, they, they signed Mike Daniels, I should say. Don't you feel like the court Ford family always gives the coach the benefit of the doubt? Oh, gives they held on to Wayne Fonts for how long? Yeah. Holy mackerel. But they give the, you know, they give him, they give the guy an extra leash just to go a little further. And then eventually the doom pays off. I love that that stadium, too. That's yeah, a beautiful field, place. I've not been there. Really? That's yeah, a beautiful place. I've been there. Been to Silverdome. I've yeah. never been to the old uh, Ford Field. That's yeah. a great place to play. Uh, then you got Jacksonville. They're on the road taking on the Tennessee Titans. Jacksonville and Minshew Mania going at 4-6, and six, although Nick Foles is now back. But there are calls for Minshew to stay as the quarterback, by the way. Uh, the Titans sitting at 5-5. Five and five. I'm going to take the Jaguars on the road in this one. Yeah, this is a, a nothing game. Neither one, I think, has much to play for. I'll take, I'll take Tennessee at home. Got Tennessee at home. I got the Jaguars on the road. See how that one shapes up. And then you get into the meat of the, uh, uh, of the schedule. Because you've got um, the Cowboys at six and four, the Patriots at nine and one. Patriots are at home now. I don't think there's any doubt the Patriots are going to get the win in this one. The question is, can the Cowboys hang with them and look respectable? Because the Pal Cowboys are about to go to six and five. If the Eagles get a win, they'll be six and five, and those two teams are vying for the top spot in the East. I'm going to take uh, the, the Patriots at home, but. They, the, the Cowboys have to show you something, don't they? I don't know if this is a protected game, but if this was a game, well, if the Packers weren't flexed out, this could have been the Sunday night game, right? Yeah. Here. And the Cowboys, if they were a little better, possibly could have been. I mean, both of these guys, both of these teams have got a national brand. I think New England at home. You know, anytime I pick against New England at home, they usually go out there and they're up 28 nothing in the first right. quarter. Yeah, so. at home, it's just, it's, that's, a, that's become one of the bigger fortresses sure. in all of football. I take the Patriots. Then the Monday night game. You've got the Ravens at 8-2. and two. They're on the road against the, against the Rams. The Ravens look so good. Uh, Jackson has been so good. And he, he to me, has vaulted himself into the uh, the lead when it comes to talking about the MVP in, uh, in the National Football League. I'm going to take uh, the Ravens on the road to beat the Rams. However, it would not surprise – this is going to be a close one, but it would not surprise me if the Rams got a win in this one. This is a must win for the Rams. I think each and every week the Rams continue to impress me. They beat New England. They are at home against the, the Texans, and they, they
they blow out the Texans at home when, you know, I thought maybe it might be a closer game than that, 41-7. to The Rams, Rams need this one to hang in the race. Think, I I'm gonna, I got to take Baltimore. I can't go against Baltimore. I think Baltimore's the best team in the National Football League. Right I now. do, too. The Rams, this is it for them. They lose this game. They go to 6-5. and five. Their season's over. Yeah. This is it. They, they will pretty much officially have locked themselves out because let's just say – Let's say uh, the, the Seahawks get a win and the 49ers get a win. Well, it's over. If the Eagles win and the Packers win and the Rams win, the Rams are right back in it because then they're only either 7-4 and four and they're only a game behind both. Uh, well, they're a game behind Seattle and then they're two games behind the 49ers and then climb back into it. They lose this game and those two teams or one of those two teams win, it's over. The Packers have two tough games coming up, really tough games. Uh, this one and the night Minnesota. before Christmas Eve yeah. Yeah, against the Vikings. The Christmas Eve Eve game over in yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, I think, but, I, you know, not that these other ones are, I mean, they play Washington, they play the Giants, they play the divisional teams, uh, the Lions. And, and well, you're sitting at 8-2. and two. Figure it this yeah. way for the Packers. They should beat the Giants, be 9-2. and two. Yeah. They should beat the Redskins to be 10-2. and two. They should beat the Lions to be 11-2 because mm-hmm. the Lions at that point in time will have the cars running. That's you the would, last game of the season. You would think. So that's 11 wins, which means they got to steal one between this game coming up or the Vikings to get to 12. Don't you think, though, that they might trip up and there might be a game that we think they're going to win and yeah, like the it, Buffalo it, game it, of 2014? Yeah, it could happen. It could happen. But I think they – they would you be surprised if they get to 13-3? and three? No. Nothing surprises me with these guys. I think that would be a, just a, an amazing – if he gets a 13-3 – doesn't he have to be coach of the year and he oh, gets absolutely. the number one seed? Absolutely. He's got to be coach of the year. Look at all the first-year head coaches. You, we talk about Freddie Kitchens. We talk about uh, down in Tampa. Um, you, you're talking about new coach out in uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. You're talking about uh, the second-year coach for the yeah. Raiders. Yeah. You, I mean, you start to go through this list of guys that have been there for a couple of years or just a year, Fangio out in, in Denver. You go through this list of coaches and you say, okay, the guy that's got one or two years of experience, who is it that's got the best record? Mm-hmm. It, by far. I mean, the only other guy you could give it to uh, would be Belichick, and Belichick won't get it because they'll say your schedule was soft because of the division in which you play, and you've been there done that. Yep. Lifetime achievement. Um, he's, he's done it over his whole career, and, you know, the Pat Riley, it's like Pat Riley never used to win coach of the year, but we all know he's the best coach in the league. I would say uh, if he gets the number one seed, LaFleur has got to be coach of the year. Even number two seed, I would say, unless it's Shanahan getting the number one seed. Absolutely. I think you've got to give it to him. I mean, you know, the Packers had not made the playoffs the last two years. You had question marks about both teams. You had question marks about both teams and about uh, both sides of the football. Uh, and But you came in and you had a great plan and you quieted the doubters by going 13-3. Right. That's an amazing season, regardless of what happens in the playoffs. Who do you got in this game? Uh, Green Bay. You got 49ers. Packers? I think Green Bay is going to win this game by two touchdowns. I take uh, the 49ers 27-24. Mm-hmm. Um, Why is that? I, I think on paper the 49ers are a better team and they're playing at home. Uh, I think the Packers uh, defensively, I don't know if they're going to have enough to get off the field on third down. Uh, now, if Kittle and Breida and everybody doesn't play, you can pretty much say all bets are off. But if, if Breida and Kittle uh, and uh, and then you got Emmanuel Sanders, if they all play, then – and Robbie Gould, you know, I mean, if you get the full complements of players, then uh, it becomes a drastically different team. And I think uh, on paper, like I said, it's a really, really, really good team. And I think they're just that good. They can beat the Packers. But I also pick San Francisco because the times I picked the Packers to win, they have lost. 
so I'm sticking with what got me here. I did the same thing in 2010, and it got me a ring. I'll take it. I think Green Bay is going to go out there, Bill, and they're going to establish that they are the better of the two teams. Win this game, I'm going to say 28-14. 28-14. I got 27-24 uh, San Fran. Time for us to go. It's a good one. Good time, Chuck. Hey, don't forget, Ario Speedwagon coming up in March. I'm holding you today. How are we looking? Time for us to go. Have a go. Good. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.